Hello, I'm Howard Phillips Lovecraft, and despite all my warning, you're listening to Microphones of Madness. Hey everybody, Saturday night, Microphones of Madness. I'm Roddy, and always over here is Lady... Oh no, Madame Odysseus. Yes. That's, that's the name we were giving you. Yeah, that's right. Kim. And tonight we have a very special guest, uh, the man behind Lovecraft Ezine, Mike Davis. Say hello to everyone. Hello to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the 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 hot new project under your under your wings right now is Autumn Cthulhu is coming out very soon. I thought we were uh, going to talk about Batman. We were just talking about Batman. <laughs> we were just talking about Batman. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We were. Uh, actually, Steve. Steve's not I don't want to promote today. myself. I want to talk about something important. Like Batman. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You ask me whatever you want to ask me. Oh no, we we are definitely going to talk about Batman because we can't have Mike Davis on without talking about Batman. <laughs> right. We're having um, at least one Ghostbusters reference. Right. Right. We'll, yeah, we'll get we'll get that in there. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Adam Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now I remember. A couple of conversations you had on the Sunday show. Right. Um, you were talking about A Night in Lonesome October. You were talking about Scott Thomas's work. Yeah. And you, you dropped a couple hints that autumn is your favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. Now, did that influence the uh, the theme behind this anthology? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's yeah, I, I love autumn, and it's it's. I thought it was it was a bit of a natural fit, cosmic horror, and um, the fall. And uh, you know, I grew up reading Ray Bradbury, Ray Bradbury, and he's got a distinct autumn tinge to his work. I think, mm-hmm. uh, especially the books subtly titled "The October Country," things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, so yeah, I just thought it was a natural fit. So oh, nice, nice. Now, now, um, what's what? Were you just like sitting at home one day and go, you know, I need to make an anthology? I mean, what was the the story around the the uh, the creation of Autumn Cthulhu? Well, first I sat around and said, you know what, I need to pick a favorite season, so I, I picked <laughs> Autumn. That was a great season. I love it. It's my favorite too. Yeah, I yeah I. I thought that was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good thing to do. You threw the titles Everyone, out there with Summer Cthulhu, Summer Winter Cthulhu, Cthulhu, Spring Cthulhu. Winter. Spring oh. Cthulhu works perfectly. That'll be the next anthology. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, um, I, I I began to publish books in addition to the magazine about, mm-hmm. I don't know, a year and a half ago, something like that. Um and no, it didn't occur to me right then. But then, as I, as I, you know, started getting more projects in the pipeline, I thought, you know, this is something I could do. This is, I mean, this is something I would like to read. Is really where I started with, mm-hmm. which is why I published Scott's book. You know, because very few people had read it, and I thought this is a wonderful That's book. Right. I want more people to read it. Yeah. Right. Everyone needs to yes. read it. Yeah, the Sea of Ash for those who. Who have not read it yet, and Scott is writing a sequel to that. So Yay! yeah, that was, that was big news that you you talked him into writing a I'm sequel. So happy. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he said yes. He's a really really talented guy. 
he's really nice too. So you know, mm -hmm. it's like yeah. Well, I guess with Autumn Cthulhu, I just it, I started from a place of this is something that I would like to read. Like if the anthology, if a similar anthology was already out there like that, then I wouldn't have created this one. Mm -hmm. I said I'd like to read something like this, and so then the next next natural progression is, well, I guess I better create it then. So yeah, uh, that's how that came about. All right, now yeah, people say well, uh, write what you want to read, and I have found that to be true. Yeah, exactly. So. Now, um, you guys, you guys are fresh, pretty fairly. Pretty fresh off of a uh, very successful Kickstarter. Mm -hmm. um, what's the uh, what's the word on the release date for Autumn Cthulhu? Well, I don't have a specific date. In the Kickstarter, I said um, you know roughly March, and mm -hmm. if I don't nail March, I'm, I'm real conservative. I I have a my philosophy is that people will forget if it took an extra week or two, but if it's not as as perfect as it can be that's kind of hard to forget because the mistake is made and it's out there, you know. So uh, so to answer your question, uh, ideally within the next two weeks, it'll probably be probably more like April next next month. Right. So, but it, it won't be beyond that. Oh, wow. So, wow. That's, that's so, kind of exciting. I didn't realize you were that close. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the coins are back. Um, so I don't know if anyone can see these. Um, that was one of the Kickstarter rewards for some levels. Um, as far Very as nice. the book itself goes, yeah, it's nice and heavy too. I love it. They did a really good job. The coin, it's uh, one side is the um, regular cover here, and then the other side is people probably can't see this is the uh, um, variant cover, the alternate cover. What? So that some people will get by pledging to that level in the Kickstarter. Nice. So we've done the line edits. Um, I sent those to the writers, and they've approved them. And now I've got it to um, Ken Kane, who is the guy who uh, basically I pay him to do this stuff for me, put it in Kindle format, put it in print format. So after he gets done with that in the next week or so, we'll take a look at it, you know, make changes and... Yeah, three or four weeks, probably about right. Nice, nice. Now, did you have specific authors in mind when you when you started doing this, or was it like an open call? At first, it was not an open call, um, and then, you know, I I probably had I don't know maybe half to three quarters of the stories I wanted. Um, I'd say about half. I'm trying to remember. It's been about a year. And so then I put it on an open call. And the nice thing about that is that even though I had to read through a bunch of slush in the book, you know, you've got big names in the genre like um, John Lang and Laird Barron. But then you've got two or three people who I don't think anyone knows yet, but the story quality is out there. And I think that's one of the things that a good editor should do is introduce readers to new writers. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a nice thing about that and about that open call, I mean. So, um, yeah. Um, I knew I, I had Laird in mind. I had Joe Pulver in mind, John Langan, uh, obviously Scott Thomas and, and, and his brother, Jeff Thomas. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, yeah, just went from there. So I better pull up the list here because I'm so bad at going by memory on on things. In case you ask actually ask me a question that I should know the answer to. You should have just wrote the list <laughs> on the whiteboard behind you there, and uh, that way we could have seen it. <laughs> yeah, usually that's my. Usually that's my t my task list list for the next I don't know why I can't talk today for the next day or two, mm -hmm. but like during the Sunday show since I, last Sunday was my first Sunday out here, uh, I wrote something weird I don't remember what it was I don't know what I'm gonna write for tomorrow oh I know what it was it was a Robert Frost poem so uh, I was gonna see if anybody noticed it or asked me about it but nobody did because I, I love Robert Frost yeah, a lot of I, his poems have a real autumn feel to them too. Yeah, you know. mm, they do. You gotta check that out. Yeah. Robert Frost. Robert Frost. Yeah, I've never what been a real thing into poetry, but. What kind of high school did you go to? <laughs> I didn't go to high school. Well, I, I I know you didn't go to high school. <laughs> you mentioned that, but but you know I remember reading Robert Frost in in literature class and. Oh, I might have, but I don't remember that. You don't shit. remember it. I'm going, screw this, when's the bell going to ring? <laughs> the only thing I really remember is the Scarlet Letter. Oh, God, that's, that's Shakespeare. Well, I guess I have an advantage in that respect, that anything that I've read like that, it's because I wanted to read it, you know, as wow. a kid or as an adult. That makes sense. So, you know what, lines from Robert Frost, like, my, uh, one poem's called My November Guest. Uh, my sorrow when she's here with me thinks these dark days of autumn rain are beautiful as days can be. It's close. But, you know, he's just got a real autumn feel to a lot of his poems. Yeah. So. Cool. Or so does Poe. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love Poe. Yeah. I wish they had made us read Poe in high school. Damn. Yeah, as a matter of fact, on the one side of this coin, I don't know if you guys saw this in the Kickstarter, but... I uh, goes around the coin. Um, the leaves. Oh, yeah. Starting at the wrong end here. The skies they were ashen and sober. The leaves they were crisp and sere. You know, for the Poe poem. So. Cool. Yeah. You you can't get away from Poe living in Baltimore. Oh yeah, I bet. Yeah. I've you been guys, here. Well, I've never been to Baltimore, but you, you guys probably have some really great falls there. Oh yeah, actually, I, I enjoy it. I mean, you know, I grew up. I grew up in Louisiana, where there are two seasons: uh, hot and fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, same down here in Texas. And uh, when I moved here, it's just like every every fall is 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 incredible because it's just an explosion of color that that you really that you really don't get in in Southeast Louisiana. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have your oaks and stuff like that, but it's just there's just not as many. No, I 100% agree. I was just, I guess, I was just thinking because that's one of the reasons why I got, why I'm so much into autumn. Because mm -hmm. ironically, I'm originally from here. I was born here in, in Texas. I was born in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. and then when I was six, my parents moved us to Iowa, and so this is 1977, and so. I have this really this memory that really is burned into my mind of coming out of the house on Halloween 1977, mm -hmm. and you have to coming from the same kind of background as you, Rodney, where it's it's hot and hotter, you know, right. and if if it is cold, it's 
all brown and everything. You know, you don't really get this atmosphere, this mood. So I come out of the house, and there's there's kids trick or treating. There are monsters everywhere. Um, you know, so to speak. Um, there's it's cold. It's like you know, 35, maybe 40. Um, there's this kind of mist in the air. It's cloudy. It's gloomy, and mm. it just hit that atmosphere. Just and the color everywhere. You know, mm. leaves blowing everywhere. And that atmosphere just really hit me. Mm-hmm. And it's really burned into my mind. That's where I get th- I think that's really where it all started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, you it, it, it puts Halloween, it puts uh, weird fiction, Lovecraftian horror, all of that stuff into a different perspective when you can are actually entrenched in that kind of atmosphere as well. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it it makes it makes reading it that stick that much better. It's it's like Christmas cards in Louisiana. You know, you don't you know Bing Crosby uh, just true. doesn't mean as much, <laughs> right? <laughs> when when you go outside and everything's still kind of green. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah. you know, uh, I think that's where it all started, and I we didn't have a TV growing up. Couldn't go to the movies. Couldn't have a bike. None of that stuff. What I could do, what I was allowed to do, mm-hmm. was walk to the library when I got old enough and check out books and read them. You know, mm-hmm. so I've got a lot of memories of of walking and then walking walking the library and then walking home. You know, in the autumn, well, I did it in the summer too. But the memories of the autumn are really burning up in my mind. You know, right. with this treasure of books that I'm coming home to bringing home to read, mm-hmm. and I'm walking through this. Great atmosphere of a fall. So, yeah, and and thus a lifelong love affair with the autumn was born. Yeah, yeah, it's always interesting to hear how how and why people are are into autumn because you know a lot of people are. So I think that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people were taken with the idea of autumn Cthulhu. You know, besides the cosmic horror angle. Mm-hmm. So, because Autumn does have so many fans. So. Yeah. yeah. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. If you want Mike Davis to read you, set your stories in Autumn. <laughs> <laughs> does help. And actually, Nadia Vulcan did not know that I was from Iowa. Uh, and that her story called There's a Bear in the Woods mm-hmm. in Iowa. So, <laughs> it was a nice story. So it's like, pow! There you go. It's like, yep. Yeah. All right. Now, um, now, I wanted to ask you this. I, I, I thought of this question last night. And, mm-hmm. you know, in recent years, you know, weird fiction, uh, Lovecraft, has been oozing into the spotlight of the mainstream media. I mean, we can yeah. get plush Cthulhu's and, and references here and there on television and, and whatnot. And, and with that... Um, you know, certain weird authors have been, you know, coming along on that tide, becoming more exposed uh, because of this love affair with Lovecraft. But on the flip side of that, uh, there's there's been a superhero craze going on, as as, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same thing really isn't happening there, where you know the creators and the writers behind these superheroes are becoming more known. Um, you know, it's it's like we only know what three, maybe four comic writers. 
you know, Guyman, Miller, yeah. Moore, and maybe Liefeld with um, the popularity of Deadpool. Why, why do you suppose that is? Is it is it because comics are a visual genre as opposed to say weird fiction or? I don't know. I don't have a m- good memory for for names like that. Mm-hmm. But but I don't know if that's necessarily true, because you know I see a lot of discussion. Like uh, here's an example. Uh, okay. Close close to Christmas, I was reading. Uh, I like seventies Batman a lot for you know different reasons than current Batman. So mm-hmm. when I posted a screenshot, I was reading on my Kindle of of Batman. You know, telling Commissioner Gordon Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. uh, and someone replied with, "Yeah, I really love the guy who drew that version of Batman and everything." I would never know that, but a lot of people do know that. So I don't know. Um, if it's, I don't know enough if it's true or not, but I suspect that it's probably not. Yeah, for 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 those of you watching at home, that was probably uh, that was probably Neil Adams as Batman. Artwork. Yeah, that sounds right. And uh, sounds right. and the Denny O'Neill story, you know, some of the the best Batman you know that came out was was that seventies Dark Knight detective stuff. Oh yeah. Um. Now now spe- speaking speaking of of Batman and and you're you you are a big fan of the seventies Batman. Uh, Steve is also a big fan of the seventies Batman. Um. Have you been reading Dark Knight Three? No, and I'll tell you why. Well, there's two reasons. First of all, okay. The Dark Knight Strikes Again was just terrible, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there are people who don't think it's terrible. And secondly, comics are really expensive these days. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to wait until something like that gets collected into an omnibus. Right, you know. Right. So as much as I would love to start reading it, I know that if I just wait maybe a year, I can instead of spending I don't know however thirty or forty bucks on however much it's going to be, I can spend a third of that. You know. Yeah. So that's yeah. basically why I haven't read. I am very curious about it. At four ninety nine, at four ninety nine an issue. You know. Right. Five six. And how many issues, issues will there be? Uh, that I'm not sure. I think they're only on issue three or four right now. Steve Steve's been reading it. He wrote a review on the blog of it. He he wasn't a big fan. Well, I mean, they're going to cap out at what six or eight or something. I don't uh, remember, something like that. I don't. I think the days of the ten issue miniseries are gone. Yeah. I think mostly. I think it's like five. Is it's it's hard do. for me to justify. You know, my wife's a school teacher, and mm-hmm. this is what I do for a living. You know. Yeah. So. We need a new car. Um, we need a new bed. Uh, you know, so it's hard to justify me buying, spending three to five bucks on a comic that I can read in ten or fifteen minutes a lot right. of the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I was rich, I'd do it no question because I love comics. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a tech yeah. panel just uh, posted on the message board a little meme, uh, tentatively captioned "Summer Cthulhu," with uh, the green guy. With a spatula and barbecue sauce. Oh, and, I see it. And an apron <laughs> saying, kiss the great old one. <laughs> nice one. Yeah, I think all my credibility would go out the window if I did a summer or spring Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, barbe- barbecue, Cthulhu barbecue, come on. 
Yeah. I mean, even yeah. the title, even the title sounds good. Cthulhu Barbecue. Yes. Spoiler, you everybody do, dies. And, and you could do it. You could do it as Lovecraftian comedy. You could, but I'm not really a fan of it. I know it can be done right, but I personally yeah. am not a fan. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be a good judge reading stories. And again, you know, I want to publish and edit stuff that I want to read. Right. So. Exactly. But we'll throw that out there for anybody else who uh, who is into that sort of thing and, yeah. and might be able to do that. You never know. <clears throat> and you have to give Mike Davis credit. I was going to say they have Absolutely. to pay you royalties. So. <laughs> oh, royalties, even better. <laughs> <laughs> they have to pay you guys royalties since it was your idea. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you can just PayPal me 15 bucks if you're going to make that, uh, if you're going to make Cthulhu barbecue. All right. So, um, so you haven't been reading that. Uh, any, any other comics, graphic novels catching your attention? Anything on uh, television or, or Netflix maybe? I heard there's a movie coming out. I can't, Think of the name right now. Uh, something <laughs> something about me. something about Wonder Woman and uh, <laughs> somebody Wonder Woman and her two sidekicks. I think is right. the name of them. Yeah, I think you're right. So, you're right. Wonder, um, Wonder Woman and those other two guys. Yeah. So here's what I tend to do. Uh, since I live in a small town, I can't go to a comic book store really mm-hmm. uh, anymore. Unless we drive to Dallas or something. Right. You know, I've got a Kindle Fire, and I'll go to Comicsology and and get stuff that I'm interested in when it comes on sale mm-hmm. um, or, you know, save up for a collection like, you know, uh, Artie Goodwin. I bought mm-hmm. that recently, the Archie Good, uh, Batman Archie Goodwin stories. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff I read is is past stuff, right. and I, I'm at least a couple years behind because I wait for those collections. Right. Um, they just They don't get those out fast enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, I love Justice League. I can't pay four bucks an issue right. for, for Justice League, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, as far as TV goes, um, Hulu's, what, 12 bucks a month or something, so I get to watch things like Legends of Tomorrow, um, The Flash. I think those are really good shows. Um, Green Arrow's, or Arrow's kind of losing me lately mm-hmm. with all the, all the drama. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Flash. The Flash is one of the better, best shows on television. Period. Yeah, I love of, it of any genre. Um, just just because it is so great. Now, I believe Monday night is the crossover between Supergirl and the Flash. I think it's the at the end of this month, isn't it? The twenty eighth. The twenty eighth. It might be. I thought so. I know it's soon. Yeah, it it is relatively soon, and and so then I thought, oh geez, maybe I better watch Supergirl. Yeah, actually, Supergirl watched, is really good. Is it? I should yes. give it more of a chance. I watched like the first fifteen minutes or so mm-hmm. of the first episode, and I got bored and thought I'll come back to this later, and I haven't yet. Mm. So, yeah, I watched like the first I, one or two episodes, and then I I lost track of it, and then I really need to get back to it though. Yeah. I did the same thing. I picked up on it again last week. Started watching some of the uh, back episodes. They did an adaptation of uh, Moore's for the man who has everything. Oh yeah, that's a great story, isn't it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that, oh, yeah. that's, I that's heard one they of the did best. Yeah. But yeah, I'll probably have to catch up on it because I do like the Flash. Um, mm-hmm. I like the way that DC is doing, uh, it, and I don't think one 
one way is right and one way is wrong. You know, Marvel, their TV and their uh, movie universes, they're all in the same universe. Uh, and they've done real well with it. Yeah, more or less. Um, but I like what DC is doing. They don't, it's easier not to paint themselves into a corner, you know, mm-hmm. using the multiverse. Yeah. You know, the DC extended universe, that's one one universe. And then, you know, and of course in Flash, he can cross between these universes so he can go to the Supergirl universe. So I, I gather that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what's happening. Um, and they've, they've, Grant Gustin has um, made a statement wishing that you know, next year's crossover with Supergirl might feature her coming into their universe, which would open the door for all the shows to cross over. Yeah. Now, that would be, like, huge. Um, what about... Um, all this stuff about crossovers. Everybody's doing crossovers. Come on, people. Just do some original shows for yourself. Well, they know, are. You know, these are like a one episode per season things usually, though. Yeah. Two two yeah. episodes is an event where you can have. Yeah. And the character, certain minor characters trickle back and forth, mm-hmm. um, yeah, depending on true. the story. But yeah, each show occupies its own little niche. Mm-hmm. But um, it's 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 in one way it's kind of nice to have one universe where everything exists. And you can mix and match as you wish. Um, but then you lead to it leads to problems like, well, it. What about this one episode where it was really difficult? Man, it would have been great if the Flash would have shown up right then. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's part of the problem that I see here. You have universes where, okay, this thing is possible on this on this show. Why can't you just have it happen on this show? It would solve this problem. Mm-hmm. So but then again, you know, you have to have, you have to have characters solve their own problems without right. the other guy who's already done it come in and go, hey. Exactly. I mean, you, you um. do too many crossovers, and it's like, okay, so we have an ever-expanding list of things that are possible with this superhero and that superhero. What are we supposed to do here? Yeah, because you know, as fast as the Flash is, you know. Realistically, I use that word loosely, but you know, <laughs> in the same universe, in the Arrowverse, if Green Arrow got into a real jam, he should be able to, you know, call Barry on his cell phone real quick and say, "I need you here right now." Mm-hmm. But then it just, then it's not the Arrow show any, anymore. It's the the Barry Flash Island show. saves uh, the Flash Arrow <laughs> saves Green Arrow again. The, 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 the Arrow Flash. Yeah, yeah. And actually, they subverted that. Recently, in, in one of the the more more uh, recent episodes of Arrow, uh, where they're talking about Damian Dark and his magical powers, and one of the characters says, "Why don't we call John Constantine?" And Ollie just looks at her and says, "He's in hell." <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that would be good. Well, I guess if he has something more important to do. Well, it, and it's like, and, and, and then the character says, "Oh, it can't be that bad," and Oliver's like, "No, he's literally." <laughs> okay. You, you know, I was a fan. It was a bit campy, yeah. but I was a fan of the 1990 Flash series, mm. and John was. But when I, fan. yeah, exactly. When I saw the trailers for this new series, you know a year and a half ago, or whenever it was, a couple of years ago. I thought it looked cool, but 
it sort of looked like a monster of the week type mm-hmm. series. But I thought, but you know, in the comics, I'm gonna watch the first episode and see. And I thought it was good, but you know, when they really hooked me was at the end of that episode, mm-hmm. uh, which I won't mention that spoiler. But you know what I'm talking about, which just sets up this huge story arc. Mm-hmm. You know, so the story arc really sucked me in. Yeah, indeed. So, all right. Well, <clears throat> looks like we've we've eaten up all the time. We were a few minutes late, and we've gone a few minutes past ten, so we've we've balanced it out. Um, awesome. Yeah. So once again, Autumn Cthulhu will be coming out April at the latest. Mm-hmm. And uh, so be on the lookout for that. If you're not on the Lovecraft Zine page, Lovecraftzine dot or Lovecraftzine.com, I believe. Both work. Lovecraftzine.com. Yeah, the links are in the description of the video. They'll be in the the, the notes for the podcast. Um, that'll be out soon. Check out Mike's site. There's also a lot of great free fiction there because, you know, Lovecraft Zine is a magazine. Yep. Uh, when, when's the, real, real quick, when's the uh, the next issue of Zine coming out? Um, Matt Carpenter and Alex Kreitner, my new magazine editors, are working on it right now, and they've sent it to Raven, the guy who uh, uh, puts the stories up on the website and everything. So... I don't want to put it out exactly the same time as Autumn Cthulhu, but I'm thinking sometime in the next four weeks or so. You okay. know, just space it out, space it out a little bit, but it shouldn't be too much, too too long. All right. So. Excellent, excellent. So that'll be that'll be coming out soon. But there's yeah. plenty to read on the website in the meantime. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. five years worth of, of free Lovecraftian stories. <laughs> yeah. So it's keep fun. you busy for a while. Oh yeah. So. All right. So thanks thanks for coming on, Mike. It was great having you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No, no problem, no problem. And um, actually, if you want to stay on right after we we cut, uh, I do have a special request for you. Yeah, Um, no problem. So so with that, um, say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Microphones of Madness is a member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcasting Network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.